Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. So I, I've been looking forward to doing this since I uh, came up with this little Discount Film School episode. I'm sitting down with Mark Santos, who um, I, I came to know in a really uh, just coincidental way. Uh, I had been finishing up 10 Pounds, my first very amateur film, uh, my film school, if you will. And uh, there was a guy I went to high school with who's a couple of years younger than me. He was very kind to us uh, in like the school newspaper. We did a nice little write up on the movie like Frankie Vrain's making a cool movie. Isn't that great? And uh, <laughs> and so naturally, anybody who gave me positive attention, I gravitated towards. I was like, what else do you like about me? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and we started chatting and he was like, are you going to make another movie? I was like, of course, I, I don't know how to not be making a movie. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I said, I I. I have this idea for this half man, half ape thing. He was like, okay. And uh, I said, but it, it really requires something that I have no ability to do. And that's prosthetic makeup. Um, it would have to, we'd, we'd have to sort of create a believable creature on film. And um, he said, well, I know somebody. I was like, yeah, sure you do. And, um, and he actually, I believe he lied. I believe he called you his cousin when you were really just a friend. Uh, I think he told me this yeah, because you wanted to be a secure and he felt like, I think he thought it, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that locked you in like as like a, like a reliable source. He's like, I'm, we're related by blood. Cause if we're not related, you have no I'm makeup not. artist. Yeah. Right. 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 Like, <laughs> you could have told me like my drug dealer's a makeup artist. I, I, I would have tried it. Um, but, uh, that this was during the days of MySpace, which has really kind of gone away. But, uh, he was like, yeah, here, go to his MySpace. And you were 20 at the time, 21? Yeah, it's about 21. Yeah. yeah. Just turned 21. And the, the work was spectacular, just like it is today. You know, you've, you've grown uh, a lot since then. But um, I'm looking at what were some of the – I remember the, um, the creature from uh, – uh, what the fuck? The, the Descent? The Descent, yep. That was one thing I had. Um, there was uh, – was it the Scarecrow from – the uh, the creeper from Jeepers Creepers. That's right. As yes. the scarecrow. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just a number a number of of, of molds and, and maquettes that I was like, wow, this is like um, something that I have no ability to do, but I love l- looking at it. You know, when you have to make movies by yourself to some degree, you have to be kind of a jack of all trades. You have to kind of try to be an expert in all areas. But when oh, it comes when it comes into those specialized arts like that, I'm like, I need somebody on board or else it's not going to work. And and I had just had had an experience with that first movie that was just disastrous. Like nobody wanted any part of it. I had to, I pulled teeth to the finish line and, and the idea that I would need to rely on somebody that much <clears throat> who I hadn't met yet was, was kind of crazy. So we invited you over to a writer's meeting. We, we hadn't finished up with the writing. Um, but no, I reached out to you on MySpace. I, I MySpace messaged you and I said, um, I'm thinking about doing this movie. I just kind of felt you out. And you were like, all right, man, like, I think I'll start this weekend. <laughs> like right away. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah. And I was like, you know that like, I can't pay you. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I just like doing stuff. 
And I was like, wow, okay, that is like, he sounds like the makeup version of me. He sounds like the prosthetic special effects version of me. And, um, and then we, yeah, we invited you over. We ordered like a shit ton of pizza. Uh, I think we gave you a copy of our movie just to be like, we do make movies. Like we, we do. We're, we're legit. We're not going to rape you. Or at least, <laughs> yeah, right. We brought you down to the basement. Uh, we have some pizza. I think that for all I was trying to prove was we complete films. Now, whether or not you think this is good, I, 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 I can't vouch for it. But yeah, then, then um, you were like, you know, what would we started having a lot of phone meetings. And um, it was starting to feel really good. And you were like, um, you know, the best thing that we could possibly do is um, is have you guys come up to Pennsylvania where you were studying at Tom Savini Makeup Effects School. Right. And uh, it was almost in Pittsburgh, wasn't it? <clears throat> it was. We were 45 minutes south from Pittsburgh in yeah. uh, Manesson, Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. Which was really like aside from it being a really cool school. It was buttfuck Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of city you would call that. But uh <laughs> Look at the Tower of Mordor. I, to, to this day, I'm like, Pittsburgh kind of sucks. I was there once, and, and I, I people are like, you were? And I say, yeah, I went to that Tom Savini School of Makeup. They're like, well, that's kind of... You didn't go to Pittsburgh. And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't, but... It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. So we went up, and um, and it's all documented from that point on in a video blog for Abo. Uh, but I got my head cast, which was, like, horrifying. But really fun, actually. Um, Most, were you claustrophobic? Yeah, that's everybody was really like scared that you know because like some people are, some people aren't. Um, I was fine as long as I focused on breathing and on like here's where I am, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yep, listen to the sound of people's voices, that was fine. But like as soon as like I lost track of kind of what was going on, it was like oh god, you know, oh, like, no way. you start to panic a little bit. Yeah, but you know what was way worse was um, I ended up taking a makeup class shortly after um, we did that because I wanted to learn a little bit. Um, which was a really sucky period of time in my life where I had makeup on all day for Abo, and then I would go out and to my makeup class and cause we, <laughs> you have to apply to yourself as if we did theater makeup and we did film makeup. Um, but, uh, uh, the makeup teacher was like, Oh, you've done this before. Cause I showed the video and shit. She's like, Oh, you've, you've gone under before. <laughs> you know, whatever. Interesting. And, uh, she was like, can we do that? You know, we want to do a demo in class. Can we use you as the model? And I was like, yeah, sure. When we, when you guys did the head cast on me, it was, it was an entire head, a full head cast, they yep. call it. Full head cast, yep. And, um, meaning like, seriously, my entire cranium <laughs> was covered in that, uh, It was almost all the way down to your, your shoulders. It yeah. was, it was a lot of you. We got, yeah. it's like, what's, what, what was that material called? That, uh, alginate. Alginate, that's right. Yes. Yeah. The creamy material, yep. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, the idea is that you, you cover whatever it is that you want to eventually make a mask for. Uh, you need to sort of, you know, get a cast of that person's face so that it fits. It fits all the nooks and crannies. Essentially, it's an impression cream. Whatever you apply this cream to, it's going to adapt to that surface in a way that you can replicate from. Exactly. So that Mark can spend days and days on end, like actually, you know, not on my real face. Exactly, because you know, no one's going to sit still for that long. <laughs> yeah. But. Right. Um, so yeah, she was like, can we do this? And I said, yeah. So she laid me, she said, we're just going to do a face cast. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy as pie. She lays me down. You guys just kind of avoided my nostrils and I just breathed through my nose. Yep. Um, she went over my nostrils, put a straw in my mouth and I just breathed through the straw in my mouth. And that was way worse. It was way worse. Yeah. I was going to ask you how you felt about that. I, I, I can get a lot more oxygen through my nose than through a small tube in my mouth. Um, that was, I had to really kind of focus on like, okay, 
like just focus on breathing the whole time. Wow. Like, and if like there was like a kid that cracked me up in the room, like if oh. he tried to make me laugh, it was just like, because you can't smile because yeah. you're gonna come up with a big grin. Right, right, right. <laughs> or, or I'm gonna like I'm the fucking straw's gonna fall over and I'm just gonna get alginate in my mouth. You're gonna cast my the inside of my mouth. Oh have my you ever God. done been under a head cast? I have. Really? I've been a couple times, probably like five or six times. Okay, so what was it? So you're obviously cool with it. Um, I am fine with it. It's uh, at first, it's a little bit of an adjustment because it feels cold, and it you're, does feel you're cold. cut off from everything. You can't hear, you can't see anything. You really can't even sense a person's presence near you or not because you're so you're so cut off from reality. Yeah. But when you come out of it, though, it's almost like being born. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. It's like you've been, um, yeah, like everything is so fucking bright, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And like you're just back all of a sudden, like you went someplace else and then you return. That's really yep. what it's like when you come out of that. It's kind of meditative in that way, like where you just kind of go someplace else for a bit. Um, but it was really fun. That, that was one of the coolest experiences of that entire movie, I would say. Um, and then we had you on for, for a couple of other days where we did some we the death of Hoffman at the end of the movie. Yes. Um, where you dressed a wound. And we also we did teeth on Abo, but they became kind of impractical somewhat shortly. I was wondering about that, how, how that was going to go with you guys because of the way that they were made. Well, that plus the director is the one in the prosthetic makeup. I have to do the most talking of anybody. Oh, I know. And it's not easy to talk with those right. things in you. <laughs> not right. at all. So it just it just kind of didn't work. And um but what I did do was I, I wore them for the posters. So, so when you see the poster and you see like the jagged teeth, that's I have that shit in. Uh, and I photoshopped them just a little bit to make them even more gnarly. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I'll give you guys a little assist. I'll have to look at that again. I'll have to see that. Um, so, so yeah, but th- that was all. That was just that project. You have done since then. You've done a number of projects. And before that, I'm kind of interested in um, I think th- th- when I went to that school, I was fascinated because there was almost like, like there were the, it was the same thing as film school. Like when I went to film school, there were all these competitive politics. Like everybody was trying to kind of beat out one another for projects or, and and I I never really thought of, I always thought of makeup people as like kind of artisans, people who were kind of like there to pitch in and, but no, it's actually, it's the same exact thing as film school. It is. You're in competition with your friends and, and the other students that are there. Um, just like when people at school, when they're screening movies, you're watching their film and you're seeing what they did. You're taking a shit on it a, a little a, bit. Exactly. <laughs> Even if you're taking a shit on it, if there's something that you did that maybe you have incorporated to your own craft, that's something you absorb from and you learn. That you try to. You never admit it to anybody. Exactly. <clears throat> it's just like, it's going to grow and I'm going to beat you all. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, as time goes on, you learn that, that competition, there is no actual competition. The competition's in your mind. Exactly. It's like, with your, yourself. If you... Like, if you make friends and and you support one another, it can only help you in the long run. It can never hurt you. Uh, you know, it, there's there's rarely a situation where it's like there's one job and ten of us. You know, it, that will always be the case, but not necessarily the people you study with. Those are the people that you should befriend. Um, at least that that was my experience. Because no, it's true, the market is so saturated. It's like, you know, I, I can't stomp out competition. I just need to kind of like find the right people to work with. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Because there's always going to be someone who's better than you. Yeah. And when you're at your early beginnings, you want to absorb and learn as much as you can so you can get to that point in your professional career and, and excel and yeah. be up there with those A-tier people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so you, you, do, um, you do special effects, makeup, prosthetics, uh, sculpting, and you're a musician. 
Yes. What kind of came first? Like early, let's go back to like uh, the single digit years. Single digit years, what came first? Uh, let's see. Oh my God. All right. I want to say the guitar came first. I always loved monster movies, but as far as anything hands-on, uh, there really wasn't much there. Just drawing with pencil and paper, just like how most artists start out. Um, I started playing guitar when I was 13 years old, and I didn't get into doing makeup until probably uh, my 20s. Oh, just really? about like early 20s. I, I was about 20 years old. That's really when, when, when I started uh, showing interest in the craft and actually started making things on my own, you know. But you had a sense of because you had been doing pencil sketches, you knew that you ha- you were artistically inclined. I did. But I had, did. had you ever done sculpting or had you ever worked with clay or anything like that? Zero. It, when I when I went to the Thomas Savini Makeup Effects School, I had no experience in doing anything 3D whatsoever. I had no idea what I was doing. What makes if, if that being the case? What makes somebody go? You know what? I wanna. I actually want to pursue this. Like what? Obviously, there had to have been some kind of event in your life that said, like, this is. I have to go. I have to go, put everything down and go do this. What made me really want to pursue this is if you remember a Spooky World when they were at uh, the Foxborough Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I the, was the Halloween uh, haunted house during. Like it, it, it runs through October. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, year. I think now they they moved up into uh, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. But when they were here, I worked them for one season and they had hired professional makeup artists to to do um, the makeups on all the actors that were there and I thought that this could be done better (laughs) that's why I wanted to really get involved in this I heard them talk about the Tom Savini makeup effects school I was like if I can I mean they're doing a fantastic job they don't have a lot of time to get this done but I felt like that this is something that I can incorporate into my life and really pursue, and it would make me happy. Yeah, ultimately, I feel like that's the, that's one of those elements that that gets artists to pursue their craft is either they see something that's accessible to them, or they go, "Oh, if that's if that counts, then I can exactly maybe I can try," or they see something like you know you watch a movie and you're like, "All I see is dog shit." I, I I can I have better ideas for stories than this, and then you start to try it and tinker around and see if that's true about yourself. Exactly. Um, so it's kind of normally one of the two things or a combination of that. But is, was that a big enough thing to be like I I'm going to go spend the money, move away from friends and family, and go do this thing, or was it like what did you start to uh, did you start to read up on makeup effects artists? Did you start to watch movies at this point? Like what kind of got the ball rolling? <clears throat> well, being too, I feel like for our generation it was a generation where your parents really pushed you. To go to college and they either way, one way or another, study whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like you need something to secure your future. And uh, there really weren't very many degrees, degree courses in makeup effects, even in this country alone. And that's how also how I ended up at that one school, because it is the only makeup school that offers you an actual degree, not just a certificate. Oh, OK. So it was a way so of, you get a you get like a B.A. at the end of it. Um, yeah, actually, it's an associate's degree. Oh, okay. But it's not just a certification. No, no exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual degree. It's a, it's a business degree, they gotcha. call it. Gotcha. Um, but with those two things together, it was something, uh, make my mother happy. I'd have a degree, you know what I mean? And I'm doing something that, that I wanted to do. Um, and I mean, I've always been told, you know how it is when your all your relatives would tell you, always pursue your dreams. Yeah. Don't let anyone stop you, no matter how much. You're, you're not your friends, but your enemies. Maybe people don't so much get along with try to de- de- defer you for away from what you're doing. Just just always keep going with it. But then you're like, fuck, what are my dreams? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I knew I wanted to make films for sure, but I've met lots of 
and I've stuck with that, but I've met lots of people that, that I went to film school with who at age 18, that was their dream. And then they, they were like, I'm not sure that this was the kind of fun I thought it was, or I'm not sure this is kind of, you know, or, or, or they would find other outlets. They would be like, you know what I like editing, you know, or, you know, you know what I like is, um, like some kids turned into agents. They were like, I like showcasing other talent. Um, so it is a, it, it, 18 is a young age to make any kinds of decisions. It's very true. Yeah. I never know how people do that, especially when there's so much time and money on the line to make that decision. <laughs> yes. A high stakes decision that it's based on almost nothing. based on the whim of your currently 18 year old self. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which can be dangerous. It would vary. <laughs> um, so, so you go out there. And uh, what are the first kinds of things you discover? You start to – I noticed that, you know, the guy that worked on um, on our headcast, I want to say his name was Jerry. Gurgley. Jerry Jerry. Gurgley. That's right. Yes, yes. And he worked on Babylon 5 and X-Files and like these were like like working makeup artists. Yeah. Uh, I mean what else? He's done so many movies. He dated Carrie Fisher. Did he really? Yeah. That's like everybody's dream. It Fucking is slave gear. Dream. <laughs> it's that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. But um it's 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 crazy when when you leave Massachusetts, move down there, and then all of a sudden you're stuck in this world where like, you know, ce- celebrity names are thrown in your face every day, not like you're you're uh socializing with family and friends reminiscing on a movie, but like you're going to be working with these people. This is yeah. going to be your future. Um so yeah, time to step it up. And yeah. it, it was a little intimidating, but after it became, uh, it was like heaven on earth. Every single day, we were like living movies, talking about movies, using any kind of inspiration we could to to make our work better. So we just plunge ourselves to, into that as deep as we could go. We were um, having such a good time when we showed up because we were just we had just finished you know you know that eight hour trek that you yeah had, you had to make a number of times yeah I felt so bad for you guys oh no oh, no we, we we had that's one of our fondest memories is like remember that goddamn trip like we left at midnight uh, because they Aaron and Nina who came along had to work um, and no we it, we we loved that car trip uh, the way back was a little shitty uh, because of that <laughs> Washington Bridge traffic but yeah, um, it's not fun but the you you know that trip all too well. Uh, but we got out of the car. We we're tired, you know. The sun's in our eyes. But walking into the fucking Disney World—at least that's kind of how it struck me—of makeup effects. Like, I mean, just everything was kind of out and about. People were working on everything, but there were maquettes of Predator and like all you know, the movie icons just all over the place. And it's like this is so fun. And we went to your apartment. You had um, you had a couple of sculptures just going right on the bedstand. Yep. And I was like, this is just great. It's crazy to see like your your <clears throat> excuse me. It's crazy to see how can I your, your work kind of occupying every single room in your apartment and it just takes over and yeah. you, you, it's just all around you and you it's too. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like And we had uh, we had Ten pounds was before this. We had screened at the Troma Dance Film Festival, and they picked us up. They never actually put the movie out, but they picked us up uh, for distribution. And so I was able to kind of say, like, this is a, this will be a trauma movie. I have an in with trauma at this point. Like, I know those people, and just using that word trauma around that area, all the kids knew it. They all were like, oh yeah, oh Toxic Avenger, yeah, Class of Newcomb High, yeah, all that shit, Tromeo and Juliet. And so I remember, um, I mean, I was only 20, uh, like two zero. Um, and, and I, I remember feeling like, I mean, I already had my makeup guy. Like I was like, this is like, I 
want to work with Mark Santos in a big bad way. But I remember feeling like there were people kind of trying to elbow you a little bit. Yeah. And get in on the project. And you were you were like, <laughs> like you were, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I know how it is. Everyone wants wants their career to start and if you can get it to start with a bang like trauma on your resume, then yeah. you're just gonna move on to projects that are equal to that or beyond, you know. It'll at least give you that first like something to stand out a little bit. Some, exactly. Something besides like, you know. Oh, and the other thing that struck me, I say, I say this to this day um, when I meet film students is they're like, I, I need to do some special effects stuff, but I don't know how I'm possibly going to find anybody like that. And I'm like, let me tell you something. There is a gold mine out in fucking buttfuck Pittsburgh. <laughs> Be- true. Because when I went there, like you had all these talented people dying to work on projects, dying to do anything all for free too. like they'll do it for free. Um, they didn't have film students anywhere in sight. No, there were no true. nobody was making movies. You had to like <laughs> import movies. Exactly, we had to make movies just to make just put special effects in did them. Did you actually like do productions, little productions? <laughs> oh, we did, and one of them actually got distributed. Did it really? Yeah, it's called "It's My Party and I'll Die If I Want to." It's supposed to be one of the first choose your own adventure movies. You can, if uh, if a girl hears a noise, she can either go into the room and investigate the noise or jump out the window, and you can select with your remote what you want her to do. Yeah. It's really cool, but it ended up getting picked up. Was I don't think it's Dark Castle. It sounds like, I mean, that is a, a company. It could be them. If it's not them, they debated picking it up. Something like that, yeah. I have to do wow. research for that, but yeah. So, so. How, how did that evolve? That was like, um, like we need a film. Let's let's start writing something. Pretty much. It's like they they wanted to uh, – a bunch of students got together. They wanted to make something to showcase their makeup effects. So once they graduated, they could hand this out to people who could potentially hire them. Something besides photos. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, we were paid in beer and uh, we did it on my 21st birthday. I turned 21 when we did this and um, – you know, that's, that's pretty much that is so all funny. it was. And, and it worked because everyone who worked on that film is, is, is working. We, uh, the last episode was with an actress and, um, I've always recommended that she, you know, she really wants more opportunities. She wants to be able to build her reel and she wants to, nice. she wants to be able to showcase what she can do because, you know, otherwise you just got to sit around waiting or looking for a project that does that. And I said, well, well like fucking take out an iPhone and make a movie. Like it, it's, it's really easy. I promise an idiot like me can do it. Um, <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, maybe, you know, and she's kind of into that, but, uh, I, I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, the same could be true of makeup people. It's like, if you, if you know you're talented at something and just nobody wants you to do that thing, well then you hire yourself to do that thing. Exactly. Like, why not? Um, but it was kind of, I, for, for you, I imagine Abo was kind of a cool opportunity because we're talking about the lead actor, the, the lead person, the, the title of the film is the prosthetic. Like, so it's a feature length. It's going to be associated with trauma to some degree. And, uh, and your prosthetic will be on screen the entire time. Yeah. Was, or is that scary? <laughs> um, let's see for Abo, it was scary. Because when you're when you're learning makeup effects, you want your work to look clean. You don't want uh, anything distracting. You know, distractions are bad. They take away. Um, so just to think that something I hadn't seen yet on film is going to be projected in front of me like 60 feet wide is like – Oh god! That means my mistake is going to be sixty feet wide if there are any. So, but that <laughs> mine that's, too. That's why exactly. So <laughs> I know how you feel too. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was it was exciting and it, and and it came out awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I was excited. I remember um, you you initially were like, "We need to do this in multiple pieces to do this right." 
And I was like, you're, well, I, I trust you, but um, I don't see how that's possible with the way we shoot. I mean, we exactly it was uh, it would be impractical. Yeah, right. And so, so you were that was one of the things I loved about working with you was you were like, well, you tell me what it has to be, and I'll try to go make that happen. And uh, and you did end up making it into basically a slipover. Uh, Nina would then apply the spirit gum to to get the. Um, the seams in the eyes, you know, to, to blend in. Yep. By the end of the movie, I had no skin on my eyelashes, like, or on my eyelids at all. It was so horrible. Yes, it gets rough. But that's why I cast myself in that part was because I didn't want to put anybody through that but me. Um, that I, looking back on it, I'm like, that's great. Like that I was able able to wear that thing, uh, through that whole movie. But I thought, I mean, we, we created a really fun looking character and there were, we, we were reached out to by, uh, some producers reps who were like way into Abo of all fucking things. Abo is one of those movies of, of my three, like my, the first is, you know, like the firstborn and shit, like definitely has a place. People remember it very fondly as like, remember when we were trying to make that happen? The, the most recent one is kind of the, uh, the 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 youngest child now where it's like it has the most potential and whatnot abo is this kind of middle child the middle and, child <laughs> and, and, and it, it, it gets regarded as such sometimes it's kind of the redheaded stepchild but every now and then like somebody will be like i don't really give a fuck about your other two movies but i love that hugh monkey movie <laughs> like some people will really key in on that um which i like it it, it reminds me that it exists sometimes um so but, but uh, music had still been prevalent all through your you know, teens, right? And to this day? Yep, up to this day. Yeah. Yep, I'm still doing it. So you're uh, a lead guitarist, rhythm guitarist? Oh, both, I'd say. Yeah, yeah both. Do you play bass? Do you play, I can play bass. Can, but yeah, but you it's, don't. It's like if you can... Exactly, I don't. Yeah. If you can play guitar, you can play bass. Right, sure, sure, sure. Um, and <clears throat> I remember you had a band when I met you. You still playing with those yes, guys? Yes. No, I'm not playing with those guys anymore. Um, the makeup effects is, has become uh, the soul, my soul... Focus exactly. Thank yeah. you. My sole focus. Yes, yeah. so the guitar is now these days is something that I do uh, just in my spare time, just for my own enjoyment. Would you ever want to do a soundtrack for a movie? Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Imagine if you were able to do like the special effects, makeup, and and soundtrack. That's just that's just a badass thing, right that'd there. Be a movie that I'd like to see. <laughs> well, we're doing we're doing a movie about um about musicians in New Bedford coming up. So really, so don't uh, yeah, don't go away. Right. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, you graduate from, you, you know, you get the degree from the Tom Savini school. Do, oh, of course I have to ask, uh, do you meet Tom Savini? Oh yes. Yes, definitely. A number of times, right? Quite, quite a few times. Uh, he would probably show up at the school, but one, once every two or three weeks or so. And it was always random. It was just be like, Tom Savini just walked by me. Like, I don't know. Like, like you're in his school. Yes, his name is on the school, but like, it's still, you still get starstruck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, breath gets taken away a little bit. Uh, but then after prolonged exposure, you're like, yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of how it was with Lloyd. Was At first, I was like, oh my God, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd <laughs> <laughs> was Lloyd Kaufman. And then, after, like, I ended up uh, spending time on the set of uh, Return to Newcomb High. And um, after two full days of seeing him all day long, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> time time to come back to just, this. <laughs> yeah, it's just Lloyd. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, he's he he's known for for anybody who doesn't know who Tom Savini is, shame on you. But he's a uh, he's one of the most prolific um, special effects makeup artists who ever worked, and he doesn't work anymore in the special effects makeup department. Um, but he he's a Vietnam War vet who his yep. you know most famous work was on Dawn of the Dead, the original uh, George Romero Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Um, and then he also became, that was also the first time he acted. So he was an actor 
special effects makeup artist, and he did some other thing. I think he might have been a director. Yeah, I, I he believe did. he directed the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, it was either the Dawn of the Night of the Living Dead remake. Not the, sorry, not the not the um, Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. The television. Yes, you're totally right. It's the Night of the Living Dead. Remake. Okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. All right. All right. Um. So yeah, he was he, he definitely a jack of all trades, and um, and it was always kind of curious, like somebody who's seen that kind of violence up close and personal would then go off and make this kind of fictionalized violence. But if nothing else, he knows what it fucking looks like. Exactly, because he was a photographer, right? When he, right. when he was in um when he was in the, the armed forces. So when you get the best reference in front of you, like you can't do anything else but succeed. Yeah, so. right. It it but it, it it takes a certain kind of mind to be able to like bring yourself back to that kind of violence and create that. He's he's definitely a um he, he's an interesting cat. He um, is. And then there was a uh gosh, why can't I remember his uh his name right now? He did the um he did the the American Werewolf in London transformation. Rick Baker. Rick Baker, of course. Yeah. Um, who I I'm not sure if you've ever met him. Oh no, no. You, I, I hope so. Someday, yeah. someday. His stuff is fucking dope. He uh, yeah. It's the the the, the, Tim, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes stuff, um, which looked amazing. It was the only thing good about that movie. Yeah, we uh, actually got reference for the Abo teeth came from that movie. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. The, 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 those looked amazing, like the um the Tim Roth ape and whatnot. Yes. Um. Those are like, <laughs> if anybody's out there, don't watch the movie. Fuck it. But go, but buy the DVD and just watch the special features on the makeup. It's just a good damn time. It's very elaborate. And then Stan Winston died uh, a couple uh, last year, two years ago. Something yeah, like it was that. a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. He was the Jurassic Park guy and a thousand other things. Terminator, Terminator. Aliens, Predator, Pumpkinhead. Like it just keeps going. So uh, yeah, those are kind of the three kings of of uh, special effects makeup in, in in the industry. I would say. Um. But yeah, but, but, uh, so you, you get the degree and then you're like, all right, so now what do I do with this? You, you go to LA for a short period. Right? I did. I did. I went for, I made a, a, a trip out to LA for, for a week, um, just to see what it was like. Because when, when you're, when you're a student, you, they, they tell you towards when you, towards when you're getting close to graduating that like, you start to learn that you need to be in LA to do this stuff Monday through Friday. So, um, I went out there for a week to see what it was like and, I didn't really like it. I wasn't a fan. Uh, a lot of smog everywhere, which is fine. It's just when you're around that every single day, it's just not very appealing. And then you also find out um, your job security. Uh, like you can lose your job relatively easily and you don't have to necessarily do something wrong to deserve it. It's just right. either a miscommunication or uh, unfortunately someone stabbing you behind the back even. That seems yeah. to be a common thing that happens out there. And if you, you love your craft so much, you, you don't want to jeopardize that and you don't want to lose it. It's very easy to get blacklisted. Once you get blacklisted, you'll never work again. Yeah. So you, you want to uh, you want to preserve that and put yourself in the best situation you can. And you felt like L.A. could only be worse, yeah. I felt like. Well, I, I went through the same thing. I, I, I went out there for four months and um, I was just like, this isn't for me. I mean, I was like, you know, I, I, maybe I could live here for a little bit, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it could be as simple as like, I need for it to be cold outside to be able to think properly or, you know, like I, I, yeah. I I'm, it's just not, it's not for me. And, um, like you say, I mean, if, if you want to actually get a career start, if you want to follow a career path, um, forget it. There, there's really not a career path. There's, 
There's a, a, a fortunate circumstances. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you try to put yourself in as many of those as possible. But realistically, it's not like you get a job, work your way up to here, work your way up to here, and now I'm finally directing. You know, th- there's nothing like that of the kind. No, no, no. Um, instead, what you would end up doing is maybe you get a job as an editor for a few weeks, and then you get a job as a videographer for a few weeks, and then maybe you're somebody's assistant for a few months. And, you know, it's nothing's permanent. There's no salary. You can't count on anything. And I, I really don't regret and never have regretted my decision to move back here because all it meant was that I got something that was stable with a salary um, and, and it afforded me the ability to make the next movie. Exactly. Um, out of pocket. I don't have to go on Kickstarter and panhandle, you know. You don't need to worry about your next paycheck. You know yeah. that you can have a roof over your heads and still do your craft at the same time. Some yeah. some people like to say shit like they're like, well, I you know I want to put myself in this impoverished situation so that I have no choice but to succeed. But like that's just a cute thing to say. I mean, re- yeah. realistically, it's like no, I need money. <laughs> yeah, it's like not a fun thing to go through. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, so you move back to uh, to the the sort of where we, we, where we live. Cause we're from the same area. Yeah. That's part, partly yeah. what made, made me warm up to you was like, Oh, I love, I'd love to work with somebody that came from around here. Cause nobody, I don't know anybody like that. No, I agree. I'm all about keeping it local and making big things happen in areas you wouldn't expect them to yeah, happen from. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I love making, um, um, unlikely stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 you know, where circumstances aren't really the best. Um, but we have Boston too, which is growing and growing and growing. Yes. So, um, so you, you have to tell me what happened between then and now, but, uh, ironically I'm, you know, so I, I went through this MFA program at Emerson college, uh, which was my undergrad as well. And I started working with some really talented, really great people like Sean Clark and, yes, um, big fan of Sean Clark. Oh, he's, he's awesome. And, uh, we're Sean Clark and I are sitting down for, uh, for a drink one time and, uh, He's like very soft spoken. I'm doing most of the talking and whatnot. But he's just like, you know, um, you know, you know, Mark Santos. For, he, he worked with you, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, not only do I know him, like I really know. Like we worked on a whole movie together. Like we, I know him very well. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he does really good work. Like really good. Work. <laughs> now you. So what was that? So you worked on a music video with those guys? Uh, yeah, we did a music video for a band called the Binars. Oh, the name of the song or the music video is "Every Little Thing You Love." And is that on YouTube? Can people watch that? It is. It's on what is it? Vimeo. V- How'd you say it? Vimeo. Vimeo. Yes, people, it's on like Vimeo. 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 Yeah. Vimeo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also on YouTube. And we we pretty much took everything we loved about the '50s and the '80s, and we rolled them together into one music video, and tried to use old school special effects, um, old school even camera effects, trickery effects mm. like uh. Like in the early Superman uh, TV show, when you see him flying, the wind is blowing through his cape, and he's maybe twisting, rotating his body around. Oh yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. really flying, but effects like that. Yeah, it just in, a, in an entertaining way, and it ended up working out very well. Yeah, if anybody can kind of like, to, when I heard like Sean and Mark, I mean, it's it's just going to be good. I mean, Sh- Sean <laughs> has such a such an eye for for everything with the kid he, he wants to shoot something for me eventually and i'm like well that's a good idea yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> i was like well, the three of us should probably get together and make something really cool yeah that'd be awesome um but uh but so were you involved in any of the camera work as well it sounds like you almost were oh uh, let's see can't what, what what did i do no i didn't do i'm gonna explain it maybe just keep an eye on the monitor if something looked off i, I would speak up but i don't want to i don't want to step on anyone's toes sure. or or act like i know what i'm talking about because i'm just a makeup guy in the end 
But I think any artist can look at something, especially when you're looking at the monitor, something doesn't look right. I mean, a director doesn't mind a hand every once in a while either, you know? It, it so. always depends on the director too. I mean, I, you know, I, I, um, I'm definitely the kind of person at this point that when, when people speak up, the movie gets better. Um, for, for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have toes that big that they have <laughs> on all that, all that often. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a facilitator. I'm trying to get talented people in the same room and make something happen. Um, and if I kind of, if I'm shushing people, uh, it's just an ego exercise. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to film as this incredibly collaborative medium where it's, it's a little from over here. It's a little from over here. It's not about one dude. Um, and, and, and as I've made, you know, as I've gone from movie to movie, um, I'm doing that more and more and more. I mean, I, on this next movie, I'm, I, I have a writer, you know, I'm not writing it. Um, I really want the actors to be more part of it. I really want to take a big giant step back and just be like, well, what would you do? Because these people, I mean, like that's something that I wish I had done even more with you. Although I, I think I tried to afford you some freedom, um, when making the Abo mask, but I, I, I wish I had been like, well, you've been studying this and you love this and you've been waiting for an opportunity like this. What would you do? Go. It's going to be better than anything I can think of. I feel like I feel like you did uh, let me kind of uh, put some uh, creative freedom into this because there were things on that design that we were going to go with and we decided to change. Yeah. I mean, the sculpture may not have been completed, but it was blocked up for the most part. And looking at a photo of it, you, you could see where it was going to be in the end. Mm. And because we had, was it like a chicken leg sticking out <laughs> of this thing and like a bird beak, <laughs> uh, like a vagina too maybe, something, really I don't funny. know. Yeah, it was because we were the, – the concept was like he's just this – awful like is if you think of a half man half ape you either think of like an intelligent ape or you think of like a really strong person i didn't want to go with either of those i wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to go with disastric disastrous genetic mess and uh <laughs> and and to throw a ch- like a small chicken beak on the back of the head just implies that there's something else at play here too yeah but it made me laugh but but very often people be like why is there a chicken beak like people just weren't into it and then once we kind of put it into um into practice once you were actually sculpting it and truly putting a chicken beak on there and i was like a little bigger uh, a little smaller especially like now nah, fuck it and, it, <laughs> and we ended up uh, googling um syphilis yes <laughs> and uh and we were like yeah if we just put syphilis across the back of his skull and there's a couple of shots in the movie where like i scratch the back of my head and you oh, can see yeah. it and pe- people are always grossed out but well you made it sir i, I know and it icks me out it's <laughs> really? like weird i can't handle it I remember the first time i saw it i was like oh really like you did that <laughs> i love when um i love when people who who revel and create like uh, violent or gross stuff are grossed out by it themselves. That's going to make it better. Like if you're grossed out by syphilis and you have to sculpt syphilis, it's only gonna <laughs> it's only gonna look better because you're so grossed out by it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're not grossed out by it, maybe it looks like a little too clinical, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was like oozing those awful those awful sores all in the back of the head. Yeah. So, so much so that I had to write in dialogue to explain it. Like where he's like, Ted, is that syphilis? It just fades out. I wondered where that came from. I did. I did pick that out. Well, I just wanted to make sure people knew that's syphilis. Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it, it, it installs it. It secures it. Yeah. Oh man. It takes it home. It dunks the, the ball. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, between that recent project and other projects, what else has been going on? What else has been going on? Okay. Let's see. I've just been, Pretty much, just living in, on the on the East Coast, doing independent movies, uh, just because I feel like Hollywood is full of remakes at this point. Yeah, and I've been working with a, a great guy, uh, Jean Paul Desuzio, who you and I have uh, talked about a couple of times. He's he's a director and also a writer, and um, 
he just has a great vision for things. So we've been collaborating on a couple of a couple of things involving makeup effects. Um, also, since then, I've used my makeup effects skills in the medical field as a dental technician. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. So now I actually uh, treat patients and I make dentures for them. And that's a salary. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I work for Aspen Dental doing that, and that's it's fantastic. And it, it's great because, because you learned the very skills that somebody that does that would need from makeup school. Exactly. So for them to hire me, it was a steal. Um, that's almost a great like uh, piece of advice for anybody who's ever gone to makeup school. Like, look for something maybe in in dental or very similar to it. I mean, yeah. you're sculpting, you're molding, casting. You're in a shop with tools and power tools every single day. I mean, when you're when you have a job where you're sculpting things Monday through Friday, it only helps your personal projects or outside projects just get better, and you can yeah. produce them faster, and you can even do them cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that's awesome. That's that's really it's, great. And uh, so so, uh, John Paul D'Souza. That's that's the name. Yep. Did I get the right? Yeah. Uh, where can people see his movies? See his movies. Has on, he put anything up on on his website? Or yeah. Anything? What's that V word again? We were throwing <laughs> uh, Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. Vimeo. He he has a he has a Vimeo. So. Yeah. And uh, his his company is uh, Overdue Films. Over, OverdueFilms dot com. And he has all of his work, all the videos he's made. He's also an excellent photographer. But anything he's ever done is posted there, and. Yeah. And you, you seem to always be working on um, a different sculpture of, of a Ninja Turtle. And they yeah. are so fucking badass. <laughs> like, th- those have to, I mean, surely you can sell those for for a dollar amount. If I would ever finish the thing, the I reason why they're so different is because I'll sculpt it and I don't like it. And I'll change it. I want it to look different. Like, I'm trying to create the perfect Ninja Turtle in my head and I just can't get it out into the clay. But um, it's almost finished now and I'm not going to change anything. And I will be able to sell them. Nice. I I um I'm a big fan of the I want to say 1987, 86, 88, uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, I think that those a lot of people give a lot of shit to those costumes. Eighty nine. Yeah, I think you're right. Eighty nine or ninety or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, it's no, it's um, fine because <laughs> uh, we grew up with that like very potently. Oh yes. Um, yes. I remember. I remember. So those were Jim Henson. Uh, Jim Henson Workshop. Yes, yes, they were, and those looked amazing. I thought they looked. I thought they, they looked great too. Yeah, people don't like them though. People are like, ah, oh, the lips have a problem or something like that. I think they look great. No, I think they look great too. But your shit has that quality um, that's very different than the movie, which is it. It's almost it almost has the quality of the original Kevin Eastman comics, but but uh, I would say like even more real worlds. And even more, like, this is just truly a mutant turtle, like humanoid turtle. Like a, a were turtle. Where, well, like, <laughs> what, what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you're putting that together, I mean, like, that, that's a very, that, that is a Mark Santos original design. That's not, com- that's not like, you're, you don't have a reference photo for that. Exactly. No, it's, I mean, I will lightly use reference photos of turtles and from the movies, but I want to incorporate that human anatomy into them and it gives it more expression and it just grounds them more in reality. Our facial muscles, like everything, they are. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they're they're very subtle, and um, and being able to sculpt something like something similar to like what soft flesh would look like and yeah. try to replicate that. So when you're looking at it, you're 
you're picking up. You get a sense of the texture of the skin. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what makes it, you know, whether it feels that way or not on the real thing, it's it's supposed to look like it's soft. Exactly. Because you want to look like it would, it would work. Yeah. If it would be uh, practical, like, like if, if the mouth would open, you want to make sure that the muscles are where they're supposed to be the the freedom attachments and all that. And that this thing could actually function. Yeah. I remember we, uh, that, that was something we talked about a lot on the Avo. Uh, mask was, yes was trying to get that quality um and yeah there, there there's a especially like around the cheek area it, it like it gradually becomes softer as it approaches the lip so it, it really it you know it it gives you that sense that it's a it's a real thing hmm. um which i think is really hard is, isn't there that whole like a uh, uncanny valley concept right where like <clears throat> the more human it looks without actually being believable the scarier it becomes uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's like it, a thing with, uh, with like CG animation where like, if you've ever seen Polar Express or Beowulf or the, uh, you know, the Rob Zemeckis Christmas Carol movie, he does this stop this, uh, mocap mo- motion capture animation and it looks good, but not good enough. And so therefore it looks weird. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I think it was a final fantasy movie that was made in a similar exactly, manner. Exactly. Yes. And it's almost scary. Like, it's almost like off-putting. Like, you're like, I don't want to watch these fucking freaks. Yeah. That's what they made a Christmas movie with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, for children. Yeah. <laughs> um, just coming. <laughs> so I, but I, I wonder if that's something that you have to watch out for when you're, when you're sculpting. Let's see. When I'm, uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, yes, it is. That is very true. Because I feel like those movies, they could, they could take their work a step further and make it look... 100% organic. You know what I mean? Sculpturally, I have to keep an eye on what I'm doing and make sure it doesn't look too blocky. Yeah. I need to keep and try to think about what this thing is going to look like in 3d and get everything there. And you have to start from a big bulky object, a big bulky block of clay and reduce it proportionately. And you always have to keep an eye on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because you could really hurt yourself there. Yeah. It's, it's like clay engineering. Yeah, you were you were good at it when you were this like so called beginner at it. Where I was just like, that's fucking fascinating. <laughs> I, I remember the the big one, the one that like really made it every time because you made two masks and I so and I saw the process go down twice. Was um when you 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 added some kind of um almost like a mesh texture to the skin so it looked like it had that kind of um I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's it's not you know it, you take the smoothness out of it. Yes. And put all those fine little little lines yeah. that uh that people have. Um, actually, just use a dog brush. Yeah, right. I remember it was, <laughs> it was that simple, but it was like there, there, there it goes. Like now, it looks like that. It makes it's crazy what a difference it makes. Yeah, it's one little step. If it wasn't for school, for college, I would never have known that. Yeah, not at all. Really, you would, yeah, you would never would have thought of that. There's a lot, lot of little secrets like that that you wouldn't be able to pick up. Was it horribly expensive that school? It was extremely expensive. Really, it was. Uh, if you're, excuse me, <clears throat> if you're going to include uh like. The, your apartment, like your room and board and your food and all that, any of the bills you have to pay that you had before you enrolled. Jeez. I think with, uh, when everything is paid off, when it's all said and done, it comes out to like $77,000. And that's two years. Yeah. Just for an associate's degree. Yeah, it's rough. It I is mean, well, rough. That's about the price of a, of a four year college, uh, you know, like an Emerson or a, or a, uh, uh, art school, like some of the higher end art schools. Um, certainly Tish NYU is probably like, 50. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's, do you regret it? Not at all. I feel like I got what I paid for. Yeah. Okay. So it, the, the dollars well spent. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
So, so hopefully there are makeup, you know, people who are 20 years old listening to this, you know, trying to get them to listen to it, uh, uh, that, that, that might be interested, not necessarily in being behind the camera or in front of the camera, but doing exactly what you're doing. Um, if they're 20, what do you recommend they, they kind of start out with? If you see, if you're 20 years old and this is something you want to get into, what I would suggest is start by searching the market for how to videos because there are a lot of them that are out there the stan winston school is one of them it's an online school and they have probably 50 different videos out there showing you step by step how to do things you need to do things repetitively um just do them over and over again until you get good at it before you can move on to the next thing and that's exactly what i would recommend doing i would start with getting a a life cast of like a half face and start sculpting little prosthetics, learn to manipulate the bone structure and change it to something else and change it into something that's fun, something that you like Mm. Um, because you need to like what you're doing in order to keep going because it's, it's a lot of work and making molds, they're messy and they take time. And some of these things take up, maybe you have to hang around for like an hour and a half before you can even do the next step because, uh, the, the plaster is still hardening and some people, uh, that will defer them from doing makeup effects because they, they don't want to waste their time doing that or waste, quote unquote, waste. Yeah, yeah, because it's, there's <clears throat> time consumption. Ex- exactly. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of hurry up I, and it, wait. Anything with, with film is hurry up and wait. Yeah. So any any piece of this assembly line, I mean, you're going to you're gonna be hurrying up and waiting. It's definitely the pathway to um, unlimited creativity, though. I definitely, because I, I know doing makeup effects alone, I could take my car and all the body panels off. As long as the screw holes match up, I can make it look like a Batmobile. Yeah. Or like any other car, if I if I really wanted to do that. that yeah, I never even really thought about that. It, it, it extends to all kinds of shit. It's insane. It does when you start thinking about it. Because you don't learn how to make a good sculpture. You learn the concepts that create, that, that have gone into good sculptures. Exactly. I learned- and you can apply those. Definitely. You can apply so many different things. I even found a Cadillac. When they're manufacturing their cars, when they're designing, I should say, I kid you not, they take the same clay that I use mm. and they pile it up and they sculpt a car with clay. Yeah. It is insane. That's just It's inexpensive and it's, it's easy to move around and that's just how it starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really feeds into everything. Are there any good uh, like starter makeup kits out there? I remember I bought one some time ago. Any, any you would recommend? Just a little like $70 box? Um, I would. Uh, what I would do is go to monstermakers.com, and they actually have a lot of these kits uh, sectioned out and prepared for you. I know we ordered a kit from them when we yeah. did your dental cast yep. just because it was convenient, and it was actually cheaper versus buying everything separately. They compile it together, and you're paying a smaller price. Um. And that's monstermakers.com is like the best way to go. I feel like if you're starting out and then you develop your own taste for materials that you like. So they're still pretty, pretty in the business, huh? They are. They are still in the business. I know they actually, they designed the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christian Bale's mm. black color for the bat suit because it's black is the most difficult color to tint latex because it falls yeah. apart. You need a lot of the black pigment. Too much pigment makes the material deteriorate. And they actually figured that out for uh, Christopher Nolan for his movies. Oh, okay, yeah. Especially, I mean, they're shooting in dark uh, atmospheres all the time, too. So you still have to see the suit, but not too much. Exactly. Getting that just right. And then making it work with the camera, too. Because, ca- like, a lot of times, I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever run into this, uh, you know, we might be shooting on a different color profile, and we're going to color correct it differently later. Um, that's the kind of thing I'm sure that has to kind of get planned out. I know it was on the Hobbit, for instance, where they actually knew, you know, they did te- like screen tests with post-production, you know, filtering. So they knew, okay, we're actually going to design the colors wrong 
So that in post-production, it looks right. They're right, yes. Because yeah. I know I've had to make adjustments to colors sometimes so that later when they go and change it, it looks the way it's supposed to look. Yeah. Not like purple blood, it's going to be red. Yeah, right. You that, know? That, that takes tests. Um, how about, uh, uh, I mean, they, these kids should be watching films too. All, always watching should. movies. should, yes. Um, any, any, any that kind of stick out as like study that scene or, or watch that movie a couple of times? Uh, let's see. I, I would say... Watch American Werewolf in London. Definitely. Start there. That leaps to my mind. Yeah. That transformation scene is just fantastic. Because it's It's all practical. 100% practical. It's just, it's still the uh, the quality, I still feel like, beats a lot of the stuff that's being put out today. So I would start there. Um, Blade 2, their special features, like an hour and a half long documentary Mm. in the shop. And I mean, all you have to do is pause your movie and take a look at what's on their workbench. You can see what they're doing. And based on the materials that are there, you can tell what they're using them for. And you can apply that to yourself. Oh, that's great. It's it's interesting. That's a really good thing to do. So I would start with those two right there. Blade 2 is is, is another great great movie for, for reference if you're if you're trying to get going. Um well, so a lot of the new zombie movies are also really good for reference too, like Zombie Land or um... exactly. What's um, what's the 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 other one? The, the George. It was more shot like a like a documentary oh, style. Di- Diary of the Dead. Yeah, Diary of the yeah. Dead. Yeah, because I think in their special features they covered very well what they did. Those special features <clears throat> are invaluable. I mean, for for the price of of buying the movie, you get all this instructional material. That's why I still have such a giant DVD collection. It's same way. Not for the movie, reasons. but for the special features. I, I buy for the same. It's like a nice library, library of reference to yeah, have. Nice little document of how everything was done. Uh, but that's, that's really great about the, the blade two stuff that you can actually look at. Okay. They're using that and I can go use that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't have to, uh, I don't need some golden key into the, the Hollywood store to get what I need. Exactly. You know, I'm going to use what the pros use. Yeah. Um, Mark Santos, uh, uh, hire him, pay him money. Um, <laughs> he's, ex- he's extremely talented, which normally comes with a shitty attitude. Uh, this guy is like just down to work with you and it, and he's just a lot of fun to work with. So, so, uh, uh please give him a ring. How can, if, you know what? Facebook friend him. Cause then you can actually look at all of the photos of all of his shit. Yes. It's all on Facebook. Lots, lots of photos. I have a website too. Uh, do you? Where, where yes, it? uh, it's uh, SantosFX dot Weebly dot com. That's right. I remember you put that up recently. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some of the Abo stuff. I was. I was proud. Yep. I was like, after all these years, I'm still making my way in. I always feel a little bit proud when like actors use my shit in their reels and whatnot. We always kind of find a way in, so that's good. No, it's a big part of my reel. It's a good character, so <laughs> you can't go wrong. Brought to life by a one Frankie Fried, uh, at his fattest. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Santos effects dot weebly.com. And, uh, uh, hopefully we'll hear from, more from Mark soon. Yes. Very soon. All right. Talk to you.